Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. Brandon, how's it going this morning? Doing well, Michael. Thanks for having me. Um, first of all, can you just tell us maybe a little bit about uh, what you do here at USD, your role in the physical therapy department? For sure, for sure. I, I wear a few different hats, which is one thing I really love about, about my roles here. Um, so I primarily teach in the PT department. So in our doctor of physical therapy program, I primarily teach orthopedic classes. So things for you know upper extremity, lower extremity, um, and then also some diagnostic imaging. So teaching is, is the, probably the biggest part of my role here. Um, and then besides that, I do some clinical work with our athletics department in the sports medicine um, department there doing physical therapy for our student athletes. Um, also do research, of course, is a big part of um, what I do here at USD. So um, I know that we're going to talk a little bit about that later on, but primarily in sports medicine and orthopedics is the, um, the area. And then a couple other things too, you know, I, I'm, um, we're starting a sports physical therapy residency. And so that's a partnership between USD, Sanford Health, and the athletics department. And so I'm directing that. And so we're currently going through the accreditation process for getting that up and rolling. Um, and besides that, I'm also a PhD student myself. So uh, trying to finish that up, hopefully in the spring, fingers crossed. That is quite a few hats. It's good. It's South Dakota. You got to have a lot of stocking caps, I guess. <laughs> right. So that's good. Um, you don't primarily come, though, from an academic background. I mean, is that correct? I mean, you primarily have, have practiced, I guess, um, you, you know, in physical therapy. Um, Talk a little bit about maybe some of that, uh, you know, practical experience. How does that inform, you know, the way that you teach um, physical therapy in the classroom? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of patient examples, you know, I bring a lot of those into the classroom when I can. Um, in terms of just experience, stories, trying to relate the content for the students so it has some meaning for them. Um, also, too, I think that it gives me a perspective on the clinical side, knowing kind of what the students are getting themselves into when they leave the walls of, of our classroom. Um, so trying to teach things that are relevant, meaningful, and, and useful for when they actually have to work with patients. You know, and I imagine that's, uh, I, you know, I think of physical therapy, and I, I guess I think of things like rehabilitation. I mean, I don't know if that's accurate um, in terms of what you always do. How difficult, you know, obviously you just have the physical component of it, right? You need to rehabilitate your shoulder. You need to strengthen it after a surgery, an injury, something like that. How much of it is like the mental component? How much of that goes into a physical therapy job? Oh, it's it's huge. You know, we, um, we're actually going to be presenting on um, in a conference here coming up called Pain and the Athlete is the name of the title. And, and so with, with pain, there's so much more um, that goes into it about, about how you manage that. Um, really... The, a big part of it as well is that therapeutic alliance that you develop between the clinician and the patient, and that can really have an impact on outcomes too. So we, we also educate our students on not only the physical, but, you know, like you said, there's a lot of psychosocial pieces to it. Um, you know, you uh, were recently awarded a 2018 President's Award for Research, Innovation, and Entrepreneurship. You kind of mentioned it earlier. One of the roles um, that you've taken on here at USD is, is on the research side of it. Um, you know, you've kind of been doing some exciting, um, I guess, discovery. I, I, I'm going to let you take it. Talk a little bit about, you know, the invention that you recently had, um, I think patented, correct? Um, and what it does, what kind of impact it might have um, on physical therapy, and like how you even just got the idea for it, I guess. Sure, sure. So I guess the, the idea for it started probably about, you know, a couple years ago was when I got serious about it. And so again, you know, being primarily a clinician before I transitioned into academia, that's where the idea stemmed from. 
So I'd, you know, I primarily worked primarily with orthopedics and sports-related cases. And so for people who would sprain their ankle or have some sort of lower extremity injury, what I noticed is that people had good mobility when they were just sitting on the table. But then when you get them up and have them do something like a calf raise, that they couldn't go up quite as high. And, and for physical therapy, it's really important to measure the progress over time so you can achieve, work towards achievable goals. And um, so that's really where the idea came from. And so trying to figure out a way to measure that. Um, and there already, there's already been a couple ways proposed to measure it. But from what I saw in the clinic, no one was really doing that just because it wasn't maybe as feasible or as um, accessible as what PTs generally like. Um, so then I yeah, created this to this device or uh, um, modified some some existing parts to to make a device that's workable for measuring how well people go up on their toes. Um, you, you talked about some of the applications, obviously, for ankle injuries and stuff like that. Why is it so important um, for, I guess, you know, physical therapists to be able to kind of measure the progress? You know, is it just to see if the injury is getting better? I mean, how, how does that figure in, I guess, to how you, um, you know, continue to make decisions as far as like active treatment of, of a uh, injured person. Right. So, so that it's feedback, you know, so it gives feedback to you as a clinician, you know, it gives you a sense of what you're doing. Is it helping? Um, also it gives us, gives feedback to the patient being that, yes, I am improving hopefully and, and things are getting better, moving in the right direction because we know that injuries don't oftentimes heal overnight. And so if you can gauge that process and engage that progress, that um, gives important feedback for them. And additionally, too, in, the, in physical therapy and healthcare, um, insurance reimbursement is important. So being able to track progress and, and demonstrate those improvements is also important for that. Um, you have a special certification um, in sports uh, medicine, sports clinical um, specialist. You know, you, only one percent of physical therapists in the nation sort of have this specialty. What sort of pursue or you know convince you to pursue that line? Um, and what do you think that sort of brings to your expertise, both as a teacher and then you know as a clinician? For sure. So, um, so in, a, in attaining that that certification, basically, when I got out of um, PT schools, I decided to practice for a couple of years. And then after a couple of years, I kind of figured out what I knew and what I didn't know, and what I didn't know really bothered me. And so, um, so from there, I pursued a sports uh, physical therapy residency program, and that really prepared me to sit for the sports board certification. And um, and so that's influenced so many things in terms of um, being able to manage patients. Um, I think giving them a better service, um, more variety of of services that I can offer, just having a better understanding of the sports medicine team. Um, and then from a, from a teaching standpoint, being able to draw those experiences into the classroom um, and also preparing our, our graduates, if that's something that they do want to pursue, knowing the stepping stones to get there. You know, tell us, and obviously you work, so I'm not asking you to talk about any specific injuries or something like yeah. that, but I guess, you know, take us through the process. An uh, athlete gets injured either training or maybe even out on the field or on the court. Um, where do you kind of step in? and start, you know, helping them with trying to get, you know, back on track, I guess. Sure, sure. So I'm, I'm a believer in trying to start as early as possible, you know, because I think, um, you know, athletes and non-athletes, they want to get better quickly. And so, um, so what that, that process would look like it can vary depending on the setting that you're in. So, you know, how it might work here at USD is, you know, an athlete may get injured and, and then they would report to their athletic trainer. And then, um, and then basically we have a collaborative relationship in how we manage the, manage the case. So, um, so I get pulled into to certain cases that, 
might require more of a physical therapist expertise. But again, you know, we, we rely also on the athletic trainers to, um, you know, communicate and because and, there's so much that goes on with management for a student athlete with, you know, practice times, what can they do in practice, what can they do in terms of strength and conditioning. So it's, uh, so it's, an, it's an evolving process throughout. But, um, but in terms of the, the process of rehabilitation, so usually it's generally kind of initially we try to calm things down, um, you know, get things feeling better because that's usually the initial complaint afterwards is pain. And then we gradually build up from, from there, you know, in terms of addressing their limitations, whether that's mobility limitation or a strength limitation. And then we kind of have certain checkpoints along the way about, okay, you're meeting your goals here. And then eventually we, we say, all right, you know, you're, you've met the marks for getting back to sports. So then we feel more comfortable making that recommendation. Well, and that was something, you know, I wanted to get into was a little bit about, and again, it goes, I think, back to kind of the mental focus of the patient, right? I think of traditionally maybe a, a older person breaks a hip, you know, their physical therapy, they just, they want the mobility they had back before, they sort of, it's a lifestyle issue, right? They kind of want the same lifestyle they had maybe before that injury. With athletics, it's it's a little bit different. I, I would think that maybe there'd be a tendency to maybe you know, have athletes or injured athletes push themselves too much, um, maybe try to act like they're a little bit better than, than maybe they are physically feeling because it's the whole mental aspect of it. How much of, you know, I guess your role is to try to inform these athletes or, or just try to suss out actually like what is going on? I mean, I, I, maybe it's maybe I'm totally off base here and every single athlete is totally honest, but how much of it is that kind of push-pull relationship where you're, you're trying to, you know, look out for maybe their greater good when they're so focused on, you know, trying to get back out on the field or just the competitive aspect of it? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. You know, the I think it really comes down to trust, you know, and trust between you and the student athlete and vice versa. And that's what I was talking about with, the, with that therapeutic alliance, um, just building that trust over time. So, so I think the expectation is obviously that as a clinician, you deliver truthful information and, and then also explaining why. So if, for instance, if you're trying to, if a student athlete or, or a patient is trying to push themselves too much, you know, whether they're a student athlete or a non-athlete, you may have to step in and say, you know, we need to kind of step back a little bit and here's why. And so I think if they can understand the why, that really helps out um, in terms of buying in versus just saying, don't do something. Um, so it's really trying to progress things at the right time, but also maybe holding back at certain times if needed. Um, you know, I, I don't want to make this too personal. I'm thinking of a recent basketball injury I may have had. And, you know, as I get older, I think I've noticed that, right? It's like you recover slower from injuries, a uh, turned ankle that I would have walked off maybe 10, 15 years ago. It's now lingering for a, a week or two, right? I really have to rest it. Well, in your, you know, experience, what what is the, how much does aging, I guess, have to do with physical therapy injuries? And as people get older, um, what are some, I guess, best practices that they can uh, take upon themselves when they, you know, want to like go out and do some of the things maybe they were doing a little bit younger, but maybe they just aren't up to the physical shape that they once were? Sure, sure. Yeah. So I would say that it's a, it's a balance, you know, aging definitely affects healing. You know, we, we, we know that from, um, from evidence and it's, it's pretty well documented, but, um, but I would just say, you know, whether you're, um, in, in college, you know, if you have if you have kids, if you have if you're an older um, aging adult, just find something that's meaningful. You know, find something that's meaningful in terms of physical activity, um, not only the physical benefits but also the social benefits. So, um, you know, for instance, you know, if it's basketball that you're that you really enjoy, um, obviously, you know, you want to you want to still participate, but at the same time, though, too, it's um, you you got to kind of take it into consideration with how much is too much sort of thing and 
So um, more games of horse is what you're saying <laughs> rather than full court. Um, <laughs> you know, why do people get interested in, in physical therapy? I mean, I think that the there's a lot of emphasis right now um, here at USD on health sciences. I think it's one of our primary you know, drivers of recruitment. You just look at the number of people who are entering healthcare fields. Um, there's just a huge amount of interest in it. What is the, the typical story you hear from somebody who's really interested in physical therapy? Yeah, so I think it's a, a personal story typically. So I mean, whether they've been injured playing a, a sport and they've actually been through a course of rehabilitation with PT, and hopefully they've had a good experience with their PT, um, or you know, a family member or a or a loved one has gone through PT and seeing what benefits that PT has had on their life and what an impact they've had. You know, whether that's you know trying to get back into their home or trying to get back in the athletic field. Um, what advice would you offer maybe a prospective student who was interested in health sciences, but they weren't totally convinced, um, you know, of the, of the PT route? Maybe they were thinking about occupational therapy. What's your, I guess, I, I shouldn't ask you to comment on the other ones, but what's your selling point with physical therapy? Yeah, and, and I, I, I say this to a lot of applicants, too. Just, you know, make sure that you, you know what you'd be getting into. And I think a good way to do that is to get a diverse array of observation experiences. I think with PTs, you know, you mentioned OT. I think, you know, I'd recommend observing both. And being able to really see what goes into each different profession and what differentiates those so you can make an educated decision. Um, you know, th I guess we're going to transition here towards the end. A, a last question we always like to ask is a little bit more philosophical in nature. Um, I think you kind of have a pretty interesting career, right? I mean, you, you get to work with, I think, a wide variety of, of age groups, anywhere from kind of athletes in the prime you know, of their athletic um, and physical prowess also older folks who maybe, like you said, are just maybe trying to just get back in the home or trying to be able to get up to the second floor, um, you know, of their house that they've lived in for 20 years. Um, at this point in your career, what do you know for sure? For, what do I know for sure at this point? Um, I, I know that movement is a good thing. <laughs> I know that we're, we're, we're made, made to move generally, and there's so many benefits to that. Um, sometimes I think that gets it's overlooked in, in some capacities, but um, as physical therapists, I know that we help that movement system is what we call it, or that movement process. And so, um, so we know that, that physical therapists can really impact people's lives in, in that way. Brandon, thank you so much for um, what you do here at USD. Also, the awesome research that you're conducting as well. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. Listening is 100% of the grades. We hope you enjoyed the episode. 